Hello and welcome to Daily Prayer today for whatever it is, August 16th, 2021. Glad that you are with me. Let's go ahead and get started. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. The Lord be with you and also with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. Eternal God, we give you thanks that through the gift of our baptism, you call us to a new way of life in your realm of grace and peace. By the power of your Holy Spirit, let your will be done in our lives and in this world that you love. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Our readings for today are Psalm 135 and 145, 2 Samuel 17, 24 through 18, 8. Acts 22 through 30 through 23, 11. Mark 11, 12 through 26. Listen for God's word to speak to you. Psalm 135. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Give praise, O servants of the Lord. You that stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God, praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing to God's name, for God is gracious. For the Lord has chosen Jacob for God's self, Israel as God's own possession. For I know that the Lord is great. Our Lord is above all gods. Whatever the Lord pleases, God does. In heaven and on earth, in the seas and all deeps, God it is who makes the clouds rise at the end of the earth. God makes lightnings for the rain and brings out the wind from God's storehouses. God it was who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, both human beings and animals. God sent signs and wonders into your midst, O Egypt, against Pharaoh and all his servants. God struck down many nations and killed mighty kings, Shehan, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan, and all the kingdoms of Canaan, and gave their land as a heritage a heritage to God's people, Israel. Your name, O Lord, endures forever. Your renown, O Lord, throughout all ages. For the Lord will vindicate God's people and have compassion on God's servants. The idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. They have eyes, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. And there is no breath in their mouths. Those who make them, and all who trust them, shall become like them. O house of Israel, bless the Lord. O house of Aaron, bless the Lord. O house of Levi, bless the Lord. You that fear the Lord, bless the Lord. Blessed be the Lord from Zion, God who resides in Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Psalm 145 I will extol you, my God and King and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you, and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. God's greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall laud your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty, and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. The might of your awesome deeds shall be proclaimed, and I will declare your greatness. They shall celebrate the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. 
The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and God's compassion is over all that God has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your faithful shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power, to make known to all people your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all God's words and gracious in all God's deeds. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, satisfying the desire of every living thing. The Lord is just in all God's ways and kind in all God's doings. The Lord is near to all who call on God, to all who call on God in truth. God fulfills the desire of all who fear God. God also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love God, but all the wicked God will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh will bless God's holy name forever and ever. 2 Samuel 17, 24-18.8 Then David came to Mahanaim, while Absalom crossed the Jordan with all the men of Israel. Now Absalom had set Amasa over the army in place of Joab. Amasa was the son of a man named Ithra the Ishmaelite, who had married Abigail, daughter of Nahash, sister of Zeruiah, Joab's mother. The Israelites and Absalom encamped in the land of Gilead. When David came to Mahanaim, Shobi, son of Nahash, from Rabbah of the Ammonites, and Mechar, son of Amiel, from Lodabar, and Berzilah, the Gileadite from Rogalim, brought beds, basins, and earthen vessels, wheat, barley, meal, parched grain, beans, and lentils, honey and curds, sheep and cheese from the, her- from the herd, for David and the people with him to eat. For they said, The troops are hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. Then David mustered the men who were with him and set over them commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds. And David divided the army into three groups, one-third under the command of Joab, one-third under the command of Abishai, son of Zeruiah, Joab's brother, and one-third under the command of Ittai the Gittite. The king said to the men, I myself will also go out with you. But the men said, You shall not go out, for if we flee, they will not care about us. If half of us die, they will not care about us. But you are worthy, worth ten thousand of us. Therefore it is better that you send us help from the city. The king said to them, Whatever seems best to you, I will do. So the king stood at the side of the gate, while all the army marched out by hundreds and by thousands. The king ordered Joab and Abishai and Ittai, saying, Deal gently for my sake with the young man Absalom. And all the people heard when the king gave orders to all the commanders concerning Absalom. So the army went out into the field against Israel, and the battle was fought in the forest of Ephraim. The men of Israel were defeated there by the servants of David, and slaughtered there was great, and the slaughter there was great on that day, 
20,000 men. The battle spread over the face of all the country, and the forest claimed more victims that day than the sword. Acts 22, 30-23-11 Since you wanted to find out what Paul was being accused of by the Jews, the next day he released him and ordered the chief priests and the entire council to meet. He brought Paul down and had him stand before them. While Paul was looking intently at the council, he said, Brothers, up to this day I have lived my life with a clear conscience before God. Then the high priest Ananias ordered those standing near him to strike him on the mouth. At this, Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. Are you sitting there to judge me according to the law, and yet in violation of the law you order me to be struck? Those standing nearby said, Do you dare to incite God's insult God's high priest? And Paul said, I didn't realize, brothers, that he was high priest, for it is written, You shall not speak evil of a leader of your people. When Paul noticed that some were Sadducees and others were Pharisees, he called out in the council, Brothers, I am a Pharisee, a son of Pharisees. I am on trial concerning the hope of the resurrection of the dead. When he said this, a dissension began between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. The Sadducees say that there is no resurrection or angel or spirit, but the Pharisees acknowledge all three. When a great clamor arose, the and certain scribes of the Pharisees' group stood up and contended, We find nothing wrong with this man. What if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him? When the dissension became violent, the tribune, fearing that they would tear Paul to pieces, ordered the soldiers to go down, take him by force, and bring him into the barracks. That night the Lord stood near him and said, Keep up your courage. For just as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so you must bear witness also in Rome. And Mark eleven twelve through 26. On the following day, when they came from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see whether perhaps he would find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. He said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. Then they came to Jerusalem, and he entered the temple and began to drive out those who were selling and those who were buying in the temple, and he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves, and he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. He was teaching and saying, it is, is it written? Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations? But you have made it a den of robbers. And when the chief priests and the scribes heard it, they kept looking for a way to kill him, for they were afraid of him because the whole crowd was spellbound by his teaching. And when evening came, Jesus and his disciples went out of the city. In the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. Then Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, The fig tree that you cursed is with her. Jesus answered them, I have faith in God. Truly I tell you, if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and if you do not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say will come to pass, it will be done for you. So I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. 
Whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, we have uh, sort of, this is the final battle between David and Absalom. Uh, Absalom's men have now, are pursuing David and his army, and they have stopped. They are making a stand here in the forest of Ephraim. David is actually willing to go out uh, with the rest of his men, but they tell him, don't, don't be out there because you're going to sway the battle. They're going to pay attention to you and not to us. They don't care about us. So let us go ahead and just fight the battle. And David's army wins just flat out very easily. Um, this is not a long, prolonged sort of civil war. It's a fairly short thing, um, maybe a week. I don't know what the actual time frame is. But David's army now defeats Absalom's army, or at this point, the army of Israel, and we'll see what happens after that. Um, yeah, God is, God is giving victory now to David's army. Again, back to the Deuteronomic history, we know like victory only happens when God is behind something. So this is telling us that, that um, David's fortunes or David's uh, the connection to God has now been restored, and God is allowing this uh, victory to happen. Then we have in Acts, the, tri- the tribune that, who had arrested Paul because of the mob in the, the temple thinks that he's going to get some more clarity if he brings him to the council. This would be the Sanhedrin. So he brings Paul to the Sanhedrin. There's a, a little tit and tat back and forth between Ananias, the high priest, and Paul. Uh, apparently, Paul does not know Ananias, and so he speaks to him as if he is not the high priest, and then someone says, oh, he's the high priest. Um, and Paul sort of shows his, his um, credibility, I guess, by saying, oh, I'm sorry, the law says that I'm not supposed to do that, so I will, I will not do that anymore. And he realizes that in this group, there is both Pharisees and Sadducees. Now, these are both sort of kind of, not exactly, but it's an analog for us to understand. It's kind of like our political parties. They both have different ideas about how things should be done, and they're both tasks, tasked with ruling. So there is a group of Pharisees, there is a group of Sadducees, and so Paul throws out this basically um, like culture war sort of thing. He says, oh, it's, it's because I believe in the resurrection that I've been arrested today. This causes an uproar. All of the Pharisees, the aisle is very clear, all of the Pharisees who believe that there is resurrection of the dead, they immediately start defending Paul. Oh, well, obviously he hasn't done anything wrong. Maybe some angel spoke to him. Maybe some spirit spoke to him. We have no problem. Like, he's on our side. Everything's fine. Great. The Sadducees immediately are, are sparring against the Pharisees. They say, no, if he is speaking about the resurrection, then by all means, he should be here being on trial. Um, 
And so they argue with one another and it gets so boisterous that the Tribune says, okay, that's enough of that and takes Paul out before he gets torn into pieces and brings him back to the barracks. There at the barracks, Jesus comes to Paul and says, everything's fine. Everything's good. The reason all this is happening is that I'm going to send you to Rome. This, this message that you are proclaiming is going to get all the way there because of the events that are going to happen here. So this is all part of what God is working. And we remind ourselves that Paul was going into this. People were hoping, begging him not to go to Jerusalem because of the bad things that would happen. And he knew whatever is going to happen in Jerusalem, it's for God's purpose. Then we have in Mark, Jesus is in Bethany. He goes into Jerusalem. This is the day after the triumphal entry or Palm Sunday. And we have this strange story about a fig tree. He goes to the fig tree. It does not have any fruit. It's not the season for fruit. But he says, because you did not give me fruit, I will curse you. Then he goes to the temple and he sees the temple and all it should be and all it is right now. And he turns over the tables and he kicks people out and he says, this is meant to be a place of prayer for the nations. And yet you're turning it into a den of robbers. He turns over everything. All of the priests, they say, what, is, what are you doing here? He teaches people in the temple and he comes back. And on the way back, Peter notices that fig tree that you cursed, it's now withered. For a very long time, I had no idea what that fig tree thing was about. And then I have heard a great sermon um, about that these two stories are connected. We see because the story about the fig tree begins the story and ends the story. And then we have the story of cleansing the temple in the middle. It's almost an allegory. Jesus is going to the temple expecting good fruit. He is expecting like the the vineyard owner in um, Isaiah that he has created this beautiful place for them to, to bear good fruit and wanted this fruit of repentance, this fruit of justice, this fruit of righteousness. And he goes and he does not find that fruit. And so he curses it. So he throws everything away. He says, you have lost now this privilege. So just as the fig tree is cursed and does not bear fruit anymore, so the temple and specifically kind of this current um, power structure, this institution, um, the, the people in charge, they are now cursed by Jesus, right? Because they did not bear the fruit that he was expecting. And it does not matter about season for people, right? And God doesn't, there's not a particular season in which we, um, we grow fruit. But because Jesus did not find that fruit in the temple, everything's kicked out and now everything is going to fall apart for them. Um, as we see, you know, through Acts and then through history. So those are our readings for today. Let's go ahead and join our hearts together in prayer. Satisfy us with your love in the morning, and we will live this day in joy and praise.
we give you our praise and thanks, O God. For all gifts of love we have received from you and from all your persistent mercy in Jesus Christ. Especially we thank you for the grace and peace of Jesus Christ. All creatures with whom we share the earth. Those whom we have loved and who have loved us. Support and encouragement from others. Food and drink to share in your name. People of God, for what else do we give thanks? We give you our cares and concerns, O God, because we know you are kind and care for your children in every circumstance. Especially we pray for Lutheran and Reformed churches. People who live in poverty. Those who are sick or suffering. Those who work for their healing. Comfort and peace for those who are dying. People of God, for what else do we pray? We pray for Vera, whose brother died a few days ago. Vera is a friend of Pam, a friend of Bill's who remains in skilled nursing. We pray for Donald and Deborah, friends of Bill's. Deborah is in the middle of stages of Alzheimer's. We pray for Louisa, Linda's granddaughter. We lift up an anonymous prayer. We pray for Charlie, a friend of Bill's, who's having family struggles, for Michelle, Mike's cousin, who has stage four cancer, Pam, Rena, Amy's friend, who's recovering from surgery and getting chemo, Barbara, who is recovering from surgery, Wayne, and health concerns. We pray for Kathy, a friend of Jan Ann's, who's back in the hospital with kidney failure.
a joy that the preschool play school is starting camp um beginning training and and getting ready for the next year continued prayers for deborah who is healing from hip replacement To you, O God, we give up the burdens of this day, trusting your love and mercy to you. O God, we surrender ourselves, trusting our risen Lord to lead us always in the way of peace, today, tomorrow, and forever. Amen. Now let us continue to praise you in the words that Christ taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Now let us cast our anxiety on the Lord who cares for us. The God of all grace will restore, strengthen, and support us. Amen. Bless the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Thank you so much for joining me today for daily prayer. Join me tomorrow for some more. Like this video, share it with someone else. Click on the subscription and the notification button as well as going to our website, johncalvinchurch.org for more information. Today's liturgy came from the Book of Common Worship of the Presbyterian Church USA and our readings came from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. Thank you for joining me. Have a blessed day. We'll see you next time.